This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. All right, folks, we are back. From the break, I am Justin Gold right here with Pain.tv slash gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are about to listen to this woman speak, and the topic is the battle for your brain. Let's begin. What do you think? Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. You've heard a lot about AI over the past few years. Here at Davos, it's been the talk of the hour. But I want to talk about it in a different way, which is the ability to decode brainwave activity. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. You see how she has to come out and dehumanize folks? You are nothing more than data. All right. And this is why Yuval Noah Harari. You all know him, ladies and gentlemen, king philosopher of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, tells you that you are a hackable animal. You are a useless human. You have no spirit. You have no soul. You have no free will. Those days are over. Those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. That is what Yuval Noah Harari tells you. You know, he's a regular at Davos. Folks were saying, oh, he wasn't there. Something must have happened. Guys, go on YouTube. He's been doing interviews consistently all the way through, you know, a week ago. He's all over podcasts and stuff. So he has not gone away. He's just expanded his footprint. He is looked at as a prophet by many. So they send this woman out to tell you, the technology's already here. The prison planet is here. We can already read your minds, and you are nothing more than data. Your feelings are data. Your emotions are data. Everything is data, meaning they can read your brain. They can hack your brain. They can manipulate your brain. They can control your brain. Let's continue. Consider this. The average person thinks thousands of thoughts each day. As a thought takes form, like a math calculation, you're happy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're elated. Neurons are firing in your brain, emitting tiny electrical discharges. As a particular thought takes form, hundreds of thousands of neurons fire in characteristic patterns that can be decoded with EEG, or electroencephalography, and AI-powered devices. In fact, what you're seeing here is my brain activity while I'm wearing a simple device like the one on the right. 
we're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. Okay, so for you folks down at the video side on pain.tv slash gold, this psychopath is standing on the stage up on the screen. It's basically a scan of her brain in real time, uh, you know, with pulsing lights and stuff and different parts of the brain being triggered. And over on the right is someone with a band. It looks like a, one of those, uh, like, a, like a headband type of thing, uh, but across the front of her head, like, you know, a little princess crown. She's walking around wearing this thing, and it's scanning her brain in real time, reading her brain. Let's continue. It used to be that there was very little we could tell from EEG activity. But already, using consumer wearable devices, these are headbands, uh, hats that have sensors that can pick up your brainwave activity, earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states, like are you happy or sad or angry? We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. Simple shapes, numbers, your PIN number to your bank account. It's not just your brain activity here that we can pick up. We can also pick up your brain activity in different places, like as your neurons fire from your brain down your arm and send signals to your hand to tell you how to type, move. All of that can be decoded through electromyography and that's what you're seeing here is a device now in the form of a simple wearable watch that can pick up that activity. And in one of the pivotal acquisitions of the field, Meta acquired this company, Control Labs, in 2019 because major tech companies are investing in helping to make these devices universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. Okay, so she just said Facebook, that's Meta, acquired one of these companies. And up on the screen, she's showing devices that look like the iWatch, the Fitbit, et cetera, et cetera. This technology will be built in to all of those devices if it's not already, folks. Are you a scientist? Are you some technologist? Are you an industrial designer? Have you taken apart a Fitbit? Have you taken apart the iPhone? Have you taken apart an iWatch? Do you actually know what's inside those the metal that you're touching to your skin, do you know what's in this? You don't. Do you know what's in the fancy earbuds and everything else you're buying? No, you don't. None of us do. It's like saying that your doctor told you the vaccine is safe. And I say, really? Well, the exact vial that he drew the liquid out of into a syringe and put into your arm, did he take that vial, put it under his super microscope and run tests on it to, tell, to show you that it was safe? No, nobody knows what's inside the actual vial and nobody knows what's inside the actual devices. This is why I've told you, ditch the Fitbit. Get rid of the iWatch. At bare minimum, we know that they are tracking your blood oxygen levels, your heart rate, and everything else through those devices. It's the same exact technology that everyone is screaming about that they're making bus drivers wear in Hong Kong, in Dubai, and other places to read their emotions under the guise of safety. They are tracking the same exact vital statistics using 
the smart devices of today here in the United States that they are supposedly on the bus drivers in Hong Kong. The same statistics are tracked on folks' children that they put this smart sock on. It's a device you can buy right on Amazon. You put a sock on your kid and it reads all these vital statistics. It beams it up to the cloud. I've done shows on this. Folks, ditch these devices. You do not need them in your life. You did not need them before they existed. You did not need a Fitbit to go to the gym. If you were using any of this stuff, get rid of it, folks. You are contributing to the data collection, number one. Number two, what they can take out of you, they can put stuff back in. You don't know what kind of pulse they're sending to you. You don't know what kind of sound wave they're sending to you. I've covered this with the military doctors. All right, they can do all types of stuff to you. And if you believe they're not because of some government regulation or they'd be afraid of getting sued, guys, the tech companies, Silicon Valley was started by and propped up by the United States government, the military. They're all one team, ladies and gentlemen, all one team. None of these people are doing this because they love you. They are selling you perceived convenience in trade for your freedom, your liberty, and your human autonomy. That's it. Plain and simple, folks. Let's continue. In fact, the coming future, and I mean near-term future, is these devices being the primary way in which we interact with all of the rest of our technology. Rather than a mouse or a keyboard, you can simply swipe with your mind. Move your hand more seamlessly when you're in VR or AR. Use your brain as the way in which you interact with all of the rest of your technology, which is an exciting and promising future, but also a potentially scary one. Okay, an exciting and promising future, but also a potentially scary one. And you just heard her say when you're wearing your AR VR, you could swipe your hand and it'll make things move around in there. I'm telling you, that technology, as Apple rolls out the AR headsets and stuff, you're going to start to see this is actually built in. Because it's not going to be able to work unless they have this type of technology built in. Number one. Number two. It, what is promising about this future? There is nothing promising they are promising you perceived convenience. And because most people are fat and lazy, they are going to buy into this. And these people are going to be tapping into their head and monitoring folks using artificial intelligence. And it's not just about monitoring and collecting data. It's about manipulating and controlling people through their brain. Folks, do not let your kids or your grandkids, your loved ones, your friends fall for this trap. You need to be able to explain this to folks. You are going to have zombified people walking around with the state being able to beam things directly into their heads. You think it's bad enough now with the smart devices in people's hands? You wait until they start pushing this directly into people's heads. You don't even need the Neuralink brain chip with this stuff, folks. Let's continue. Transformative one, one that will change the way that we interact with other people and even how we understand ourselves. Let's take a look. Because it opens up new and dynamic forms of control. This is where some of our core technologies like EMG come into play. Neural interfaces, when they work right, and we still have a lot of work to go here, feel like magic. So if you send a control to your muscle saying, I want to move my finger, it starts in your brain, it goes down 
your spine through motor neurons, and this is an electrical signal. So you should be able to grab that electrical signal on the muscle and say, oh, okay, the user wants to move the finger. What is it like to feel like pushing a button without actually pushing it? And that could be as simple as, hey, I just want to move this cursor up or move it left. Well, normally I would do that by actually moving. But here, you're able to move that cursor left. And it's because you and a machine agreed which neurons mean left and which neurons mean right. You're in this constant conversation with the machine. This new form of control, it requires us to build an interface that adapts to you and your environment. Folks, let me just say something. You remember the Neuralink, Elon Musk Neuralink monkey mind pong where the monkey is playing pong inside of its head and he's drinking a straw with a banana milkshake and then every time he actually makes the ball move inside of the game using his brain, he actually gets a real banana or he gets extra milkshake. This is it, folks. This is it right here and they don't even have to implant anything into your head. Let's continue. It's an exciting future, a seamless future. It's a future that has already arrived in many contexts throughout the world, and especially in workplaces. So it turns out that one of the most compelling early applications of this technology is to be able to decode at least some simple effective states of individuals that can potentially improve their well-being, potentially improve productivity, but certainly transform what our lives look like in the workplace and in our everyday activities. While we can't literally decode complex thought just yet, there's a lot that we can already decode that's quite relevant for the workplace environment. Consider the fact that right now, many workplaces have individuals who have to be awake and alert at all times in order to do their jobs well. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. What would the world have done for millions of years or thousands, if you believe in the uh, biblical version of the timeline of the earth? It doesn't really matter. What would humans have done for millions of years? What would have employers have done for millions of years without this technology? Oh, humans have to be alert. They have to be alert. Therefore, we have to tap into their brain now, folks. Tap directly into their brain. Do you see this? Are there going to be people who fall for this? Are you seriously going to bend over at work and take it from these technologists? Honestly, Honestly, are you going to let your kids and grandkids do this? Folks, you need to wake people up. This is scary stuff. Let me continue here. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Take this example where this trucker decided to take a 20-hour shot for a 1,500-mile ride, well exceeding the amount of time that any trucker, long-haul trucker, is supposed to drive. His employer didn't discover his choices until the fatal accident that was disastrous for the company and cost many lives. Oh, disastrous for the company and cost many lives. You see how the lives come second when she talks about that. Anyway, she's got a picture up there of uh, always save, you know, tractor, trailer, truck, jackknifed, and it ran over a couple of cars, right? So she's going to now tell the story how the brain sensor would have uh, saved lives and especially the company, folks. But he could have known much sooner. He could have detected whether or not the trucker was entering into the earliest stages of microsleep, starting to go from being alert 
to Tyre well before it occurred. And he could have done so through a simple hat, a simple wearable hat that has embedded electrode sensors that would pick up brainwave activity and give a score between one to five to help the employer and the employee know what stage of alertness the person was experiencing and whether or not they were starting to fall asleep. Now you might think, okay, we have driver assist technology in cars already, why do we need this? It's because this happens much sooner, much more accurately, and it gives you the real-time information that you need in order to make choices to intervene before a person. First off, she's so full of it. I don't want to get into this because I don't agree with any technology at this point, but she's so full of it because she's saying that the hat would have warned the employer faster right, that the driver was falling asleep. She just got done telling a made-up story about how a trucker tried to drive 20 straight hours and 1,500 miles. All right, so first off, you'd have to average 75 miles per hour, which is not going to happen. Uh, so that was a lie. I knew that was a lie as soon as I heard that. But then on top of it, you know that they have GPS tracker systems inside of these trucks. So if the driver was driving more than whatever the allotted uh, hours is, I don't know what it is now, 10 hours in a 24-hour period, the trucker would have got a call from his boss and the truck wouldn't have been able to start. So she's so full of it. So anyway, she makes up a story to now try to create a problem, truck driver breaking the rules and falling asleep into provoking your reaction. Oh my God, those poor three cars that got run over into the solution is let us stick a brainwave into a hat and shove it on the driver's head and uh, be able to radiate his brain and send that back over to his employer so his employer knows when the truck driver is falling asleep. Let's continue. Is perilously exhausted. And we as a society should want that. We should want a technology that enables us to be safer, to all be able to exist in an environment where commercial drivers or individuals who need to be wide awake are wide awake when they're supposed to be. No, no, we as a society, folks, I'm telling you, we as a society, I'm in a wild mood right now, so I have to be careful what I say, but we as a society should want to roll this back because the beta males and the freakazoid feminazi women, the Karens and the Kens are now in charge of society. And the way that they are able to do this is through technology. They're building the technological prison around us and they're using technology to be able to control everyone. And unfortunately, the majority of males have been chemically castrated through soy-based products and poisoned GMO foods, cloud seeding chemtrails, and poisoning of our water, especially putting the water into petroleum-based plastic bottles and then feeding it to the majority of people. So the majority of men are now basically noodle-armed women. And then the men that are still left that are alpha males either have an IQ of six or they're actually uh, neutered from being able to do anything. They're so afraid to speak out because the system will come back and crush and destroy them or their wife will actually kill them. So this is what's going on in our society. So these beta male uh, fruit loops and these freakazoid feminazi women are controlling society and they're able to do it through the technological system. All right. What should happen, what people should want is for us to go back to a primitive society where we could just whack one of these guys upside the head with a tomahawk. 
uh, and we would solve the problem. As soon as they stood up and said, we want to control all of you here in the village. You're going to wear a band around your head. Boom, tomahawk. Boom, ball peen hammer. Seriously, folks. Seriously, this is what's happening. These freakazoid nerds and these weirdos, and on top of it, their dark spiritual underbelly that makes them want to rule over all of humanity until they destroy all of it. That's what we're witnessing, folks. No one should be excited about this future. No one should be excited about continuing to move into the trap of the technological system. Ladies and gentlemen, I need a break from the technological system. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the dustin gold standard my name is dustin gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold folks over the break i actually started flipping through all the world economic forum 2023 stuff there's some pretty amazing discussions that are going on over there, ladies and gentlemen. I would take a look at that. I, I wish I could sit here all day and just constantly analyze stuff for you, but I can't produce that much content. I would not have a voice, and I would not have a family because they would leave me. But there's all types of interesting stuff. I just saw one. Why indigenous knowledge is critical to credible action on nature. Yeah, what we need to do is become indigenous again. That's what needs to happen, folks. All right, let's continue with this uh, psychopath, uh, feminazi futurist right here. Because when they're not, the consequences are disastrous. While plane crashes are much less frequent than other forms of accidents, at least 16 plane crashes in the past decade have been attributed to pilot fatigue. Which is probably... Oh, okay, 16 plane crashes in the last 10 years have been attributed to pilot fatigue. Therefore... We need to strap everyone up with a transcranial electronic stimulation helmet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, folks. Why people even buy into these arguments is beyond me. Really why in more than 5,000 companies across the world, employees are already having their brainwave activity monitored to test for their fatigue levels. Whether it's the Beijing-Shanghai line, where train conductors are required to wear hats that have sensors that pick up their brain activity, or mining companies throughout the world, employees are already having their brain activity monitored, and it, may wear, it very well may be something that we want to embrace as a society. Okay. You if people do not stand up against this, then I hate to tell you this, they deserve it. All right, if there are blue-collar alpha male men working in a coal mine who are willing to wear a transcranial electronic stimulation construction helmet, then they deserve what they are getting. I, I mean, there is no hope for these people. This is why I said the solution, folks, is to exit the system on your own. You and your family just need to pick up, move to a rural area, and unplug. At a certain point... I think some of you are going to realize that 
making the hundreds of thousand dollars inside the system to live in a big McMansion in the suburbs. Maybe if you've got the money, you just give it all up and you move to a shack in the woods because uh, this stuff is coming, folks. I mean, it's not coming. It's here, but it's going to be rolled out on mass scale. And I'm telling you, it's probably already included in many devices that we see. They just haven't flipped a switch and turned it on yet. It was like finding out that your iPhone overnight had a COVID tracker inside of it. Oh, don't worry. You can opt out of it until Friday. Then after Friday, you can't opt out of it. Folks, it's it's a technological trap. Let's continue. Uh, up on the screen, she has an image there. It says Shudder. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's continue. Here. Might be shuddering. Right? That was certainly my first reaction when I discovered that we are tracking brainwave activity in the workplace and that we can do it at all. But I believe we need to have a much more nuanced conversation about it. Because I think done well, neurotechnology has extraordinary promise. Done poorly, it could become the most oppressive technology we've ever introduced in a wide scale across society. We still have the chance to make it right. Okay, she just said it could be the most oppressive technology ever developed, right? It could be. They know that it could be. I told you this in the past, folks. There are no unintended consequences when it comes to technology and the prison slave state system that technology creates. These are all intended consequences. If one of these devices ends up helping someone, and it's a positive for humanity. Let's say the brain chip helps someone who can't speak, speak again. That is, in fact, the unintended consequence. The intended consequence, in fact, is not a consequence. It is what we would call a goal. So the goal is to develop the most oppressive technology ever created by man. That is the goal. The unintended consequence would be is if it actually saved a school bus full of children. They are using wizardry when they're explaining this to you, folks. They are using wizardry. They are telling you what the goal is, but they're calling it the unintended consequence. You see how this works? I just taught you how to decode, and I'm not even a QAnon decoder. I'm telling you how to decode the wizard speak that these people use. Like Elon Musk saying, AI will destroy humanity. That's why I'm going to build it. He's saying, I am going to destroy humanity. That's what he's telling you. Let's continue. All right. Well, does the same analysis hold true if instead of trying to monitor whether a person is falling asleep or awake, we decide that we want to monitor their attention levels to see whether or not they're paying attention and being productive. I would argue, maybe not. How many of you wear something like an Apple Watch? Fitbit, smart device? Yeah, many people. It's a many billion dollar company. I mean, many billion dollar industry at this point. Wearable devices, quantifiable self is just a widespread movement. Most people are very comfortable with at least some forms of human quantification. In fact, it's become so widespread that most people feel like there's not that much to worry about when it comes to doing something like monitoring your heart rate. But it turns out that that kind of technology in the workplace, particularly when it's used to monitor productivity of employees, where they're moving throughout the factory floor, whether or not they're taking breaks or unscheduled breaks, is the kind of thing that employees resist, unionize against, 
rise up against and undermines morale. What we've seen consistently is companies from Amazon to Tesco to Walmart and others have introduced what is considered to be bossware or surveillance technology that employees really don't like it even if it makes their lives better. Okay, well if you don't like your job, just quit. But what if there's nowhere to go? What if everywhere has ubiquitous monitoring? In fact, during the pandemic, what we found was that 80% of companies admitted that they use at least some forms of so-called bossware technology to monitor the productivity of their employees. Whether it's a white collar uh, employee, monitoring was on their screen, or in any other context, surveillance is part of our everyday lives. Surveillance for productivity is part of what has become the norm in the workplace. And maybe with good reason. Well, it's become the norm. I've told you this, folks. We live in a culture of technocracy. It is the culture now. This is why it can't be undone overnight. This is why I keep saying you have to separate yourself. And on the other side, if you want to fight the system, we've been talking about that over the last couple of shows. The solution to fighting the system, not just in your personal life, which would be if you detach from the system, if you go build a homestead, if you grow your own vegetables, if you source local organic products, right? And you do all that, you accomplish all that, you filter your own water, you store it in glass jugs, you're doing everything, and you still want to go out and try to save humanity, then you have to preach the counter ideal to the technological system, which is nature, which is what you moved yourself into. And that's how you will start to wake folks up. But right now, and she's telling the truth, that this has been widely adopted. It's part of our culture. We are a culture that is laced with this technocracy. It is, is, I cannot even in my head figure out how you would go about even undoing this. Because one big fix that would change the majority of this would be to have no internet. And if you took a poll today, there is not going to be more than a couple percent of people that would actually agree to having no internet. But the internet going down and no satellite internet or connectivity or smart uh, dust flying around in the air, that would put an end to 100% of the stuff that we're looking at, pretty much. No electricity, that would definitely be 100%, but no one is going to agree to that either. Let's continue. Nine out of 10 employees waste time during the workday. They focus on other things. There may be good reasons why we want to be able to find better ways to monitor whether somebody is paying attention or they're doing something different. The newest way to monitor attention is through a device like this one. These are ear pods that are launching later this year. These ear pods, much like the video you watched earlier, are ear pods that can pick up brainwave activity and tell whether or not a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering. Okay, well you might think, fine, but even if we can tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, you can't tell what they're paying attention to. You would be wrong. It turns out that you can not only tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, but you can discriminate between the kinds of things that they're paying attention to. Whether they're doing something like central tasks, like programming, peripheral tasks, like writing documentation, or unrelated tasks, like surfing social media or online browsing. When you combine brainwave activity together with other forms of software and surveillance technology, the power becomes quite precise. 
So what do we do with this? What do we do with technology that enables us to monitor brainwave activity for attention? Do we embrace it? Do we resist it? I believe that there is a pathway forward with such technology, but it's putting it in the hands of employees, enabling them to use it for themselves as a choice, whether or not they want to focus, whether or not they want the technology in order to improve their own performance. All right, just pay attention because she's talking about the propaganda adoption campaign. We are going to allow the employees to make the choice if they want to be a slave. This is called free will, folks. Free will. You can have your job or you can lose your job if you don't let us hook you up to the brain microwave. All right, you can have your job or you can not have your job. You can have your job if we hook you up to the brain microwave. See that? We just let you make the choice. But not using it as a measure of their brain metrics to decide whether to fire them, hire them, or to watch for their lagging cognitive decline over time and using it as a way to discriminate against them. We might soon even use the technology to help people wake back up. This is a haptic scarf that MIT Media Lab has developed, which uses brainwave technology in a responsive way to give a person a little buzz, literally. A little buzz. Folks, folks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I just got a little buzz listening to that. Do you hear what she's saying? You've got this woman up there, or a woman it looks like, who knows these days, that could be a boy who identifies as a girl, a girl who identifies as a boy. Clearly, they don't have a brainwave that shocks uh, people back into what they are. They go, let me check your pants, all right? Do you have a penis? You identify as a woman. We're going to shock your brain right back into being a man. You're a man now. They don't have that technology. But this is a scarf, right? It's the equivalent of a dog shock collar. But it's your choice. You can put that on. So when you're at work and you're bored out of your mind and you're wearing your brain-reading earbuds uh, and you're at your computer drifting off for a moment because you're doing boring, boring, mindless work that has nothing to do with advancing your life whatsoever other than getting a paycheck to bring food home to your family, if you happen to doze off, we're going to give you a little shock, folks, just a little shock. Just the cattle prod comes out of the scarf and jolts you right into your juggler. Now, how does that feel, folks? Seriously, seriously, do you see what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is World Economic Forum a couple of days ago, and it's not even them. Just like the smart poles, just like the smart dust, this technology is real. It's here, and it's coming your way. You better wake up your kids and grandkids. You better stop worrying about whether or not you're going to seem like crazy mom and dad or crazy grandma and grandpa. You need to frame this stuff as destruction of freedom. Your kids know what freedom is. If they don't, ground them for a couple of weeks, lock them in their room. They will learn what freedom is really quickly. And then you explain to them how exactly the system is doing that to them with technology going to work and being shocked with a scarf give me a break ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust gold with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 